0: 411 Live. Where well, you
1: can learn about issues that affect us every day. Stay the world. 411
0: Live. Real people, real talk.
1: Made to help people in our community in every way. For your
0: Live. Do you ever find yourself stressed out and you can't seem to manage it? And have you heard people talk about a state of well being? and you're wondering, what does that mean? How do I get it? You know, we could all use uh, a bit of peace and well-being right now, right? Hello, everyone. I'm Beverly Taylor, and this is the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. I have a special guest with me, Susan Lubar. She is the founder and president of Growing Minds. Uh, Susan is a pioneer in providing mindfulness-based practices for Milwaukee-area schools and businesses, and today she's going to share with us some of the skills that we can use as well. Susan, thank you so much for joining us.
1: It's a pleasure. Thank you.
0: I'm excited about this topic, and I'm excited because this is the first time, you are the first guest that we have for the, in the 411 Live since the pandemic. You're the first one in studio. We've been doing it by Zoom. And it's so nice to have the person in the studio with me to talk. And, you know, I can see nonverbals as well as, you know. Yeah, I can see all of you. Yeah. So it's, it's good to have you here. So thank you for coming in and
1: being our guest. Thank you. It's got a great vibe in here.
0: Oh, good, good. So let's talk about mindfulness. When you say that, what exactly do you mean?
1: Mindfulness is a heightened awareness along with a flexibility to to look at things from different perspectives. So mindfulness is when you take a minute to pause and just settle yourself down so that you can see what's happening from not just a reactive point of view, but from someone else's point of view through an unconditioned lens.
0: Now, I practice a bit of mindfulness, not as much as I would like. Mm-hmm. And after talking to you, I will do better. But I'm a, I'm a mediator. And in our study of mediation, we talk about going to the balcony, envisioning going to a balcony in a theater and looking down at what's going on. Because in mediation, sometimes emotions can get really high, very expressive. So e- even with a mediator, you kind of get a little agitated inside. So you go to the balcony, you're looking down at what's happening, and you're getting a sense of, you know, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? And why are they expressing the way they're expressing? What's going on with them? What are they feeling? What is bringing about those feelings? You, you just start thinking about all those things in your mind. So that's mindfulness, right?
1: That's a very skilled uh mindfulness technique. If you can pull yourself out of the situation in the moment Mm -hmm. to see multiple perspectives and what's triggering your emotions, that's very skillful.
0: But I didn't do it before I started going through the mediation courses and everything like that. So
1: it's a practice. It's a learned skill. Yeah. And some people can learn it at home. And most of us have to learn it um, elsewhere until we're good enough and we can teach our children this at home.
0: You were telling me, when we talked earlier, you were telling me that with mindfulness, practice, 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 right? It's important. You you just don't say, okay, I'm going going to think this
1: way, and this is the way I'm going to be. But it takes practice. Right. It's, It's like learning almost any other skill. You need to practice it. So we go to school to learn our ABCs and how to read. We go to school to learn math. But you don't just know it. You have to keep practicing it every day. And the more you practice, the better you get at it. And then you just know 7 times 8 is 56. You don't have to think about it. And the same with the way we use our mind. Mm -hmm. We have to train ourselves in how to use our mind to know when we're paying attention, what we're paying attention to, and is what we're paying attention to helping us feel better or actually triggering us or hijacking our emotions to a place that doesn't serve us well. Then we have a choice. But until we slow down and recognize, how is this impacting me? We don't have a choice. We just automatically respond or kind of react.
0: Right. And then afterwards, there's sometimes regret, and we have to go back to the person and apologize or,
1: yeah, and That's hard. It is. And it's not always easy to do
0: that. There is. This is just not something that's pulled out of the sky. There is science
1: behind this, right? There is. So the very first bit of science is what's called the growth mindset. And that's, um, in schools they use this a lot, the ability to edit. If you're writing a document, Mm -hmm. a story, It's not one and done. You write it, then you teach your sons it back, and you edit it. Okay, that's kind of the way I look at life. I have an interaction. Did it go well? Do I need to edit it? Do I need to go back? And so that reflective piece is based on neuroplasticity, the ability of our brain to rewire itself. And the more you do something, then that becomes your go-to pattern. So the more you learn to pause and just check in, how is this making me feel, the better you get at it. At first, it's going to be a challenge, and it might even be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Anything that you learn that's new generally is uncomfortable because you're rewiring the brain. You're creating new connections in those neurons that are firing away. But the more you do the same pattern, then that pattern goes from being just bushwhacking to superhighway over time, and it becomes easier and easier. So the science behind mindfulness is that it's a skill, and the more you practice it, the better you get at it.
0: Absolutely, like muscle memory. Exactly. You can do it in a pinch. In a pinch. It just happens. So when you talk to people about mindfulness and and try to get them in that mindset, I know you, you brought some tools. Can you show us one? Um,
1: I'd love to show you my mind jar, okay? Okay. So I'm going to use this in two ways. So this jar is pretty heavy. And if I had to carry this jar around all day, you know, the first minute it's going to be easy. But if I have to carry it, say, three hours, it's going to get crampy. And if I have to carry this around for eight hours... All I'm going to be thinking about is, oh, my God, this is horrible. It's so heavy and getting heavier. So this jar is a metaphor for our stress. And we're carrying more than yeah. one of these jars around, and it gets heavy. So mindfulness is that ability to take your stress and just put it down for 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, so that you can reset your muscles, notice what you're thinking, what your attitude is, and what your urges are to do to react. Mm -hmm. Okay. So another way I like to use, does that make sense? That makes sense. Another way I like to use this is this jar is a metaphor for my mind. And it's a jar of clear water with glitter in it. Okay. And I'm not sure if our viewers can actually see, but there is some glitter floating in this. And that's a metaphor for we always have some thoughts going on. Right. Um, But when we get really Uh, emotional, our mind is like this. We have glitter, like... Chaos. Complete chaos. Too many thoughts, we can't focus. And the other extreme of that actually would be rigid, like just so stuck in one thought that we can't get off it. But when we pause, and we just let the glitter drop, Mm -hmm. and sometimes all we need is 30 seconds, and sometimes we need a good night's sleep. But... When we do, we see things more clearly again. We feel refreshed. And when it has to do with work, um, sometimes I get my work done very quickly after a good night's sleep. And when it has to do with a relationship, sometimes I find, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Maybe I'm overreacting or maybe I can go back and apologize. You know, what did I miss? And that pause, you can see it's a lot clearer. Um, in the jar is very important to resetting the nervous system.
0: Yeah. You know, if people were, are thinking about uh, mindfulness, I think a key word is pause,
1: you know? Because you need to do that all the time. Pause? I please. love that you said all the time, too. Yeah. Because do you just pause once a day, once a week? In my world, I believe in. I recommend that you pause frequently, that you're constantly checking in. How am I feeling now? What's my stress level? What is the ripple effect? What am I sending out? If I'm a classroom teacher or I have people that report to me or I report to somebody else, what's, what's the, the vibe that I'm sending out? And is that what I want? Is that what I would choose? And when you pause, you can ask yourself those questions and then try to reset your intentions. How do I really want to be guiding myself in this moment so that I'm sending the message that I want to others and taking care of myself?
0: That's good. So well-being is not that you never feel agitated or angry or frustrated, but it's reflecting on the why pausing to, to reflect, and then maybe act.
1: That's beautiful. That's exactly I get it? <laughs> spot on. <laughs> That's beautiful. And so well-being is that moment-to-moment awareness. Mm-hmm. How well am I doing right now? Is this where I had intended to be? And if not, what can I do? If we wait till the weekend, you know, to go to the beach or have that glass of wine or a beer or whatever it is at the end of the day, then we've built up stresses all day long. and It's more likely that we're going to react in a way that we wouldn't choose. Mm. But if we can reset more frequently and the more you practice, the better you get. So you become resilient. You reset more quickly then you can be resetting throughout the day instead of having that all build up until you're driving home and you walk in the door at home and that kind of thing.
0: Right. You know, I, um, as I said, I I do mediation. And one time I was um, uh, involved in a workshop at uh, Green Bay Correctional Institution, the maximum security prison. And we did a thing on conflict resolution and that kind of thing. And I was telling the the guys, about 30 inmates who were participating in the program, and telling them about the idea of uh, passing over. And, you know, when something comes at you, somebody says something to you in the wrong way, sometimes you just need to pass over because it could be that person... Uh, reacted or came at you that way, not because of you, but because he got a bad report or got a phone call from home and something's not right. There could be other other things going on. And then you just happened to pop up and they just kind of went off. And I said, sometimes you need to pass over. Well, after that workshop, the inmates wrote us letters. Each of the presenters wrote us letters. And they kept saying, "In I got about 30 letters, pass over. I wish someone had told me that mm-hmm. before, you know, to just kind of push back, pause, and think something else might be going on with that person. Right. You know, And I guess that was me not really thinking about it, but a little bit of mindfulness, you know, th- having empathy and thinking about what's going on. Why is that person reacting? Maybe I shouldn't react like that person.
1: Correct. Yeah. I mean, everything isn't about us. Mm -hmm. Um, We're responsible. We're not responsible for um, things that go on around us necessarily, but we're responsible for how we react or how we respond So I use those words differently. React is without thinking. There's a stimulus, and boom, without thinking, I do something. Mm -hmm. Whereas responding is there's that same stimulus, but I pause to take perspective. Is this about me? Is it not about me? Um, How is that impacting me? And then I have multiple choices, hopefully. Oh, it's not about me. I'm going to pass on. Yeah, that's awesome. Or I'm going to—I often use the term "let go." I'm just mm-hmm. going to let go of that. Things change constantly.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'll have to remember that reaction versus response. Yes, I like the response. Yes, that's what I want to focus on. That's what I want to do. Yeah,
1: pause, respond,
0: respond. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I—I want to find out from you too. You're so self-aware. Is is your life just just peaceful?
1: Never, <laughs> never. I'm so emotional. <laughs> that's why I need this. I'm so emotional. I my body just generates a lot of emotions, mm-hmm. and that's why um, I needed something to just be able to work with my emotions. And I'm responsible for how I mm-hmm. act and that's all i can control emotions are hardwired into me yeah yeah so the skill is giving me the ability to settle the emotions more quickly so that i can actually address the underlying problem or issue or what's bothering me that's good even sometimes good emotions get to be too much right you just like you can see it in kids sometimes they're so happy and excited and that hyper. then they yeah then they really yeah they get super hyper
0: yeah okay very good you know we're we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back and talk a little bit more about this because um and you have another exercise so we want to uh be sure and get that so we're gonna take a quick break uh my guest susan lubar you do not want to miss what she has to say so stay with us we'll be right back
1: hey boss okay
0: said i'm fine me the best, see you in the morning With the first frosted, superman, but it wasn't on it And we lost it And my head, in my head, in my head We were on the left, my head
1: Hey, son Hey, Bob You know you can talk to me? Yeah Worried about your friend, but don't know how to reach out? You say how are you will get a fake tattoo? You can ask with an app if it works for you. You can chat with them in VR. It's so good. If you think you should check in, yeah, you should.
0: Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you
1: talking. Reach out to a friend about their mental health. Whatever, whatever, whatever
0: gets you talking.
1: Learn how you can help at seize the awkward.org.
0: Welcome back to the 411 Live. I am talking with Susan Lubar, and she's the president and founder of Growing Minds, and we're talking about mindfulness. And she has, um, well, uh, a unique way of explaining things. She brought tools. So let's see another tool.
1: Okay. Beverly, if it's okay, I'd like to guide us in a mindful practice. Okay. Okay. So um, I'm going to ask people if they feel comfortable to close your eyes, but if you're driving or doing anything that would make it unsafe to close your eyes, please don't do that. Right. Okay? Right. So manage yourself in uh, whatever works for you. So I always like to start by getting into a mindful position. And that means generally uh, if you're sitting two feet on the floor and a long, strong back. Mm. Okay? Okay? So not rigid, right? We're not in the Army. But also not like you're watching the Packers. Just okay. <laughs> <laughs> relax but alert, okay. okay? So just begin. If you want, close your eyes. And if not, just simply look down to steady your mind. Mm-hmm. And let's begin by simply feeling your bottom on the chair. So see if you can bring your attention there without actually looking. If you're standing, you can feel your feet on the floor feeling your heels toes okay then moving your attention to your shoulders
0: mm.
1: and if you feel tightness or tension just move them around a little bit you know use this as a moment to check in how could i be that much more comfortable and then check in on with your jaw is that tight Maybe just letting that lower jaw soften. And then your eyes. If there's any tension in the corners or the lids or between the eyebrows, notice that. You don't have to change it. We're just noticing this is where I hold tightness. And if you want, you can soften it. Okay. Okay. Okay, so from here, I want you to bring an attention towards yourself that's kind and gentle, non judgmental. So instead of asking yourself, Am I doing this right or wrong? There is no right or wrong. As long as you can sense your own body, you're doing the right thing. Bring this awareness that you would bring towards an infant or maybe a puppy. Just that tenderness, that kindness, like, It's me. ah. I'm okay just the way I am. And now, if you want, you can put your hand on your heart or your belly, if that helps to stay in touch with yourself so your mind doesn't wander so much. And then take three breaths. So as you breathe in, see if you can feel the body moving. And as you breathe out, what happens to the body as you breathe out? And for those of you with your eyes open, I'm going to use my breathing ball and just use this to show what breathing in, this is what happens to your belly, and breathing out. Again, feeling your body as you breathe. So paying attention to the breath. And when your mind wanders to something else, like am I doing this right or how long is she going to go, notice that and then bring it back to the feeling of your breath in your body. Okay. And when you're ready, just letting go of... Feeling your body or your breath, and taking a moment to notice what happened to you in that minute or two. What changed? Did your shoulders soften? Did your heart slow mm-hmm. down? Do you feel differently? And then opening your eyes. Yeah, I feel more relaxed. That's for sure. Powerful that yeah. in that short a time. Mm-hmm doesn't cost you a penny. Just by paying attention to yourself, you can actually calm your nervous system.
0: Yeah. And I like putting your hand on your chest or your belly, you know, just to feel that. Yes. And you, and feeling the breathing. That yes. That helps you, you know, stop thinking about where you're going to go in the next few minutes. <laughs>
1: <You know>? it, <laughs> it does. And the science behind that, because I know you love science, is this. When you're paying attention to sensations or feelings in your body, it stops your mind from thinking. Mm. So there's a thinking mode and a sensing mode. And when you're sensing your body, the thinking mode turns off. So it's a mini vacation. Yeah, It takes you away from the to-do list and the pressure of I've got this and this and this. And it's like, oh... Yeah, I have tightness here. Ah, I can breathe into Mm -hmm. it and soften it. Yeah. And it's empowering. Yeah.
0: You know, we live in a society where there's a lot of trauma. I was going to say childhood trauma, and that too. You know, with children, and children become adults, and they still carry that. I would think this would be really effective.
1: Children love mindfulness. So I started by bringing mindfulness into schools. Really, I was working with two schools, Cass Street School and Hawley Environmental School, part of Milwaukee Public Schools. Mm -hmm. And we would go in um, twice a week for just 15 minutes and teach a new way to pay attention on purpose, to be mindful. And we would do this for 10 weeks. We really never got any resistance from any child. We got kids who couldn't pay attention Mm -hmm. for maybe 30 seconds, but they could for 10 seconds. And so they picked up these skills instantly. And I was just awed by their desire to go home and use these practices. And can I give you a story? Oh, absolutely. Well, one time I was teaching mindful walking. And that's when you pay attention to the soles of your feet while you're walking. And you feel your foot go down and the other leg lift and go down and and so on. So super useful in schools because kids are getting up from their desk, walking to get in line and so on. Mm -hmm. So to be mindful of that, not bumping into kids, not making uh, noise with the chairs, teachers loved it. So we would always come back next at the next lesson and say, did you practice? And some of the stories were beautiful. When I was sneaking a cookie from the cookie jar, I used my mindful walking. (laughs) When my baby sister was sleeping, I had to tiptoe around my house. So when you use, know these skills, you can apply them to so many moments in your life and it helps you pay attention on purpose more often and then you feel more connected with yourself you don't feel as scattered or fragmented and then which always of course leads to feeling depleted or tired overwhelmed
0: right right what do you think could be done everybody can use this everybody um what could be done because you know uh, you look listen to the news or you see statistics and crime or violence, all-time high, something's not working, something's happening. People are, I guess, reacting instead of responding and dealing with a multitude of stress, especially with the pandemic and all that it brought. How do you you push this? Whereas more people know about it, Mm -hmm. can practice it,
1: the way we like to bring this into organizations, um, and really the, the we've worked with several organizations going very deeply, mm-hmm. um, is you start with volunteers who wants to participate. And we work with those people because they get so excited. And when they begin to feel better and they make better choices in terms of how they relate to other people and how they lead their own life... Others are like, hey, what are you drinking? Yeah, I want some yeah. of that. And so in the beginning, it's more investigating. Then you try to integrate it a little bit more into the organization. Then you scale it to more people. And over time, those people can begin to create sustainable strategies. So you bring it into meetings. Um, start meetings with a mindful pause or a purposeful pause. Um, send it home in newsletters, if, whether it's a business or a school. Um, and then you embody it. You feel it. And there's research that's been done by Daniel Goleman that if you're in a room with somebody, within 15 minutes, people will attune themselves to the leader,
0: whether mm-hmm. it's the
1: appointed leader or just the emotional leader. And if that person is leading in a way with sort of the grace that comes with this, then they become more like that person. But if you're grumpy, then people in that meeting will attune to the grumpiness. So they've learned it's not actually the project that you're working on or the challenge that you're dealing with. It's the emotions that people attune to, whether they're positive or negative.
0: So lead by doing. Yes, yeah. by
1: being. By being. There you yeah. go.
0: There you go. Wow. Uh, we're almost out of time, but I want to mention your website. And I love the the um, name of your organization, Growing Minds. I, you came up with that, right? Yeah. <laughs> because it's what, what's happening. You know, when we incorporate all these things We're expanding our minds. It's growing minds. I like that. Yeah,
1: growing neurons, new brain
0: cells. Yeah, exactly. And you have some little practice things that people can do on your website. I looked, and I punched one or two uh, that that are free, that people can just, you know, look and go through the exercise and get that boost right away. And you have a a lot of other things. So your
1: website is what? Growingmindstoday.com. So we do. We have free practices for adults, and we have a host of free practices for children that we put together with Children's Hospital.
0: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Susan, it's been a pleasure having you on uh, being our first guest in studio, the 401 Live since the (laughs) pandemic, uh, and all of this great information that you've given us. Thank you. It's been a privilege to be with you. It is a pleasure. Thank you. And again, we've got uh, Susan Lubar, president and founder of Growing Minds. So check out her website. It's a wealth of information and really great stuff. And I will be uh, utilizing some of these mindfulness practices because I know they work, and I know that I should do them. And if I practice, 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 become uh, muscle memory, exact. And I can go to it all the time. Okay. And have a state of well-being. And that's what we all want, right? So I thank Susan, and I thank you for joining us for another edition of the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. You know, we're a nonprofit organization. So if you're so inclined to contribute or help us out in any way, go to our website, the411live.org. Until next time, I'm Beverly Taylor. And again, this is the 411 Live. If you would like to check out past episodes, there are many ways. Go to your favorite podcast platform, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, like and watch us on Facebook, watch and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you have suggestions for future episodes, go to our website, the411live.org.